0: Hello and welcome to In Conversation With, The Lancet HIV's podcast. I'm Peter Haywood, Editor-in-Chief of the Journal, and for this month's edition, I'm going to be talking to Adam Trickey of the University of Bristol about a research paper on the longitudinal trends in causes of death among adults with HIV on antiretroviral therapy in Europe and North America from 1996 to 2020. Their paper has been published in the March issue of The Lancet HIV. Hello there, Adam. Hi, thank you for having me. Your study looks at causes of death among people living with HIV over a long period of time, from 1996 to 2020. Could you perhaps start by explaining some of the broad changes in the HIV landscape during that period?
1: Sure. Well, since ART first became widely available in 1996, there have been changes to who is eligible to start treatment, which used to be restricted to people with HIV who were sicker, for example, with lower CD4 counts or those who had had AIDS-defining events. This has changed over time, so that now everyone is recommended to start treatment as soon as they are diagnosed. And this has meant that people are starting treatment for HIV earlier, before the disease has progressed. And at the same time, more ART regimens have been developed And these recent regimens are more effective and have fewer side effects, which means they're easier to take. So in more recent years, people with HIV are starting treatment earlier and on better regimens that are more effective at suppressing the virus, which has led to a reduction in age-related mortality. So people with HIV are more likely to live longer and die of causes, uh, commonly seen among people without HIV, such as cardiovascular mortality. And on top of this, previous research has found that compared to people with HIV with suppressed viral loads, those with unsuppressed viral loads also seem more likely to develop a range of conditions that are considered non-AIDS related, such as some cancers. So these changes over time of getting people onto ART earlier and onto better regimens seems to be having an effect by a Viral suppression or other mechanisms on age related mortality, but also to a lesser extent on non age related mortality.
0: You're looking at data from Europe and North America. Can you tell us a little bit about the data sources that you use? We used data from
1: the Antiretroviral Therapy Cohort Collaboration, or RCC for short, and we included data from 17 cohorts of adults with HIV spread across 10 countries in. Europe and North America and these cohorts contain dozens of HIV clinics between them and we included almost 190,000 people who started ART between 1996 and 2019. So we had a very large sample available which unfortunately included a lot of deaths over the course of the study but this meant we were able to look at trends for lots of different types of non-AIDS related mortality that other studies haven't so far been able to
0: look at. What causes of death did you investigate and why did you choose these categories? So that we had enough um, statistical power to investigate these trends
1: over time we chose categories formed of the most common causes of death among the people in the study which included mortality from AIDS but also non-AIDS causes such as substance use, respiratory-related mortality, and non-AIDS cancers, for example. Previous studies have found that sometimes HIV is included as a reason on death certificates for people with HIV, even if it was unrelated to how they died. So to try to reduce the misclassification of causes of death, we were following um, what is known as the coding causes of death in HIV protocol, where clinicians systematically reviewed death certificate um, data as well as other information taken around the time of death such as CD4 counts or um,
0: recent uh, AIDS events. And can you tell us about your key findings?
1: So we looked at changes in mortality between 1996 and 2020. as both for the overall population in the study and then subgroups as well. So we did this for overall mortality and different causes of death and the subgroups we looked at were, for example, people of different ages and different CD4 counts who acquired HIV in different ways, such as sex between men, heterosexual sex, and for injecting drug use. And we found that all-cause mortality decreased over time for the total sample and also for most types of mortality, particularly for AIDS-related mortality, but also mortality related to cardiovascular causes non-AIDS infections, non-AIDS cancers, suicides, and liver-related mortality. And when we looked at the different subgroups of people with HIV, we found that overall mortality dropped for each group, except for women who acquired HIV for injecting drug use. And of the groups that did see decreases in overall mortality, men who acquired HIV through injecting drug use had the smallest decrease. So it seems that the large decreases in mortality seen for other groups are not being seen for people who acquired HIV through
0: injecting drug use, whether that's women or men. Do you have any thoughts about why people who acquired HIV through injection drug use are not seeing the same changes as people in other groups?
1: So we, when including everybody, um, not just people who acquired HIV through injecting drug use, we saw decreases in deaths related to substance use in Europe, but increases in North America. And we think this is driven by the opioid crisis in the USA and Canada, where there's been large increases in the use of prescription and then non-prescription opioids, and lots of highly potent opioids such as fentanyl becoming available. And the WHO estimates that between, um, well, in in the last decade, overdose mortality due to synthetic opioids increased by over 1,000% in the US. And whilst not all the opioids um, are injected, so some some are taken orally, people who acquired HIV for injecting drug use, if they're still injecting, are especially at risk of overdose from opioids. And this massive rise in opioid-related mortality has not yet been seen in the overall population in Europe, thankfully, um, which potentially explains this difference in our study.
0: And what might be the reasons for the differences between men and women? That's difficult. We'd need to look into that in um, more detail. But I've
1: so whilst people who acquire HIV through injecting drug use tend to be quite marginalised within society, and there's extra barriers to accessing healthcare such as stigma and then substance use issues themselves make adhering to HIV treatment more difficult. But within this, so obviously as an overall group that is marginalised, I think women are particularly marginalised within this. Um, So overall, I think the percentage of people who inject drugs who are men in pretty much every country in the world um, is above 50%. Women who end up injecting drug use tend to be particularly
0: marginalised, even more so than the men. This study is one of several that you have worked on looking at life expectancy and mortality in people with HIV. What do you think your work as a whole says about prospects for for people living with HIV in the 2020s?
1: People with HIV are still developing comorbidities such as non-AIDS cancers at younger ages than people without HIV and potentially due to being exposed to more inflammation. So this is an area for concern and means need to be higher rates of screening and treatment of these conditions um, than seen in the general population. But overall, since ART became available in the mid-90s, mortality rates, and particularly age-related mortality, have fallen hugely, and life expectancy for people with HIV has risen dramatically, and for those on stable ART with high CD4s, this life expectancy seems to be getting close to that of people without HIV, which really undermines the importance of um, adhering to ART. I'd say, so whilst most previous studies I've been involved with, such as those on um, life expectancy and mortality trends, have been people with HIV in Europe and North America, other research that shows the the general trend of these results, which are overall very positive, can also be
0: seen in other regions. Thank you so much, Adam. Thank you for having me. If you're interested in reading more about this topic, then I'd like to suggest you take a look at another study by Adam and colleagues, which was published in the May 2023 issue, looking at life expectancy among adults with HIV on long-term antiretroviral therapy in Europe and North America. And then another study, which was published in May 2021, looking at life expectancy gains among adults with HIV in Latin America and the Caribbean. I hope you've enjoyed this edition of The Lancet HIV's podcast, and I hope you'll join us next month when we continue the conversation.